am Michelle Werdeman, and I help people create their dream life by asking powerful questions, better questions, through mind, balance, and wellness living. You'll get clear about what you really want by achieving emotional freedom and strengthening your relationships. Through my foundational coaching and 19-year certified financial planning background, I guide you through your circumstances, thoughts, and feelings and show you how to take actions that give you the results you want. Contact me today at mbwliving.com to schedule your free 30-minute discovery call. Hello and welcome to the Boot Camp for Your Mind podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Werdeman, certified life, weight, and career coach and founder of Mind Balance Wellness Living. And hello, my friends. Um, thank you, as always, for tuning in. As I mentioned last week, I'm so happy to be back recording these podcasts after taking some time, um, focusing on my Tranquility Center. And as I mentioned, I had some really amazing, amazing guests, and I am super pumped about my guest today. So her name is Carrie Rowan, and she's dubbed by her clients as the Professor of Happiness and Joy, and it's a mindset coaching, award-winning singer-songwriter, and best-selling author of Tell a New Story, which is five simple steps to release your negative stories and bring joy to your life. She's also a speaker and entertainer, combining the power of art and science to deliver memorable messaging. She's also a popular radio show podcast host of Look for Your Own Good, which by the way, I just had the amazing pleasure of recording with her and it was awesome. Um, But after a successful 10-year climb up the corporate ladder, Carrie decided to jump and follow her lifelong passions to write, entertain, and inspire others and has been drawn to study the leaders in the field of self-help for decades. And as a mindset strategist using her book, her podcast, corporate seminars, coaching programs, and masterclass, she has helped thousands of people release the negative stories holding them back while learning to manage their state of mind using simple tools to overcome their biology. She's appeared on CBS, CTV, NBC, the Star Tribune, Pandora, iTunes, you name it, Spotify. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Like I could just go on and on and um, you can check her out and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but she is at www carryrowan.com and that's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N.com. You can find out all about this. If you want to connect with her and sign up, um, you know, for a free coaching consult, all that good stuff. There is amazing stuff on her, on her website. And yay. Hello, Carrie. I'm so happy that you're here and we get to talk again. (laughs) I know, Michelle, we just spoke last week. It's so fun to be here with you again. Thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. Yeah, no, thank you. And I feel like so much of it just resonates with all of what my podcast is about, um, mindset and all of that goodness. And before we dive into things, I have to admit that this morning, so I don't watch the news, right? I I just, I try not to, I stay up to date with certain business things, but I always look for good things to listen to or watch while I get ready. And this morning I went on your website and I listened to your beautiful music. Oh, you did? That is <laughs> I so did. Sweet. 
<laughs> I did. And it was just, it was so relaxing and just so peaceful that I feel like it just got my day started on such, such a nice note versus you know, turning on whatever news is going on now. Cause I just, I certainly that's not looking for the good. <laughs> no, and it's not. And in terms of like mindset too, like mm-hmm. when I tell people I don't watch the news, cause they're like, Oh, did you hear about this? And I'm like, you know, I'm like, mm-hmm. I, if I stay in my bubble with my, you know, um, my family and so forth, I just, yeah. Cause I, same. Yeah. So as a mindset coach, like, do you run into that a lot with people that, um, you've noticed over the last couple of years that kind of like mind shifts have changed from like, I don't know, maybe more fear Mm -hmm. just because of all the stuff out there or. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, you know, this whole, my whole podcast and my book, I launched my book in the middle of 2020, like July of 2020, the thick of everything that was never my intention, but it was where I found myself. And I thought, you know what? I think the world needs to hear this message more than ever right now. Yeah, You know, cause we all started telling ourselves those fear stories and the worry stories overtook us morning, noon, and night. You know, I mean, I think we're still in the aftershock of that sometimes, but yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, and if you look at how coaches really exploded in that time frame, it's because that's what people needed at that time. You know, yeah. they needed that support to help them get through that and to really reframe things and, and see things in a new light, which is what our specialty is showing people how to do. Yeah. And like, so tell me, cause I know we have very similar backgrounds in terms of taking the leap from corporate America to jumping into like entrepreneurship and this coaching, was there any sort of, was there one thing that kind of like your aha moment, like which we talked about mine last week, but was there anything that all of a sudden was like, oh my gosh, like, I love what I do, but. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. I did. I loved what I did, but you know, it's like, it's, it's the steps along the way, right? Like I loved the company. I loved the product that I sold. Um, you know, and it was each time getting that promotion, getting that promotion, going on all the trips. It was so exciting and so fun. And, but then when I became a regional sales manager with eight, you know, I'm going to call them kids right out of college. Cause it really, they were very young people at the time. Um, I was still really super young too. I wasn't that far out of college as well, but it just wasn't what I thought it was going to be. You know, you ever have your eyes set on the prize and the goal and you're so busy getting there, you're not really sure what to expect. And and it was really just getting to that place as a regional sales manager for a big Fortune 500 company mm-hmm. and being like, oh, it's yeah. not really what I thought. Like it was... <laughs> Yeah, it was really felt more like glorified babysitting. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I just didn't love it. It took away a lot of my freedom that I loved about being in sales, you know, being in my car all the time, driving around. I called that my self-improvement vehicle, like the autonomy I had. I really was an entrepreneur with a company backing me. Right. I was out creating my own business in my territory, I had my geographic territory, but it was mine. I, I, I managed it. I knew all the business people. I, I made relationships with all my clients and I missed that, that connection. Yeah. Um, you know, so I missed connecting with the clients one-on-one, which I still got to do to some degree, but I just ha- felt this feeling. And, and I'm sure you know what I mean, that there was something bigger for me. I just, knew that there was something bigger. I was supposed to do something bigger with my life. You know, I was new as an English major and psychology major that I was going to write a book. I didn't know what it was about, but I always knew I'd write a book. 
And I always had music and all these other things in me. And I just felt a little stifled in the corporate world. I felt like I got so much out of that and I wouldn't have been able to create everything that I have without that experience. So I feel like every step along the way was in perfect timing that brought me right here where I am today. I needed all those steps in just the right order that they happened in. Oh, I I love that you say all that. One, because everything really does happen the way it's meant to be. And I know some people, they don't like that, like, oh, it's, you know, whatever happens meant to be, or that was meant to be. But I feel the exact same way. And kind of to your point, like you got to the point where I felt like I reached success in my mind. Right. So it was like, okay, it was, I graduated college. I moved up the corporate career, making the good money. I had white, literally white picket fence, (laughs) like all of that (laughs) stuff. And I was happy, but it was like, oh, but there's something missing. Like there's something now to this point where I didn't have a ton of flexibility at the time, you know, with my job, but then kind of when I figured out, I was like, success means I feel like different things at different stages in your life. Mm -hmm. So it sounds similar um, to me, like you've now found a different level of success with, you know, freedom and flexibility and you're a mom and, you know, your kids are getting older and it's, yeah, it's just different. It's so true. And it's that feeling of fulfillment, right? Like it's that feel, if you're not feeling fulfilled, you're no longer, like you said, you, you got to the top and then I was like, oh, I got to jump off this. And, you know, it's that feeling of fulfillment of contribution, all those things that we need to have. Um, and I think people are more aware of that now, you know, um, this, cause this was quite a few years ago. And so it was really just def- like, you're saying redefining success, you know, cause then when mm-hmm. you jump into something new, you really have to redefine success. Cause you're starting from ground zero <laughs> again. <laughs> you literally yeah. are jumping back down off of that ladder and whatever the next ladder brings you. But, um, there's a certain amount of thrill and excitement with that too. Didn't you find that as well? Oh yeah. It was, uh, Oh gosh, it's so funny. Like I I look back on my, I would say probably the last four months of leaving my corporate world and my family, like they were my work family. Like I were like, we kind of grew up together building the team that we had. And there were so many emotions (laughs) that Mm -hmm. I went through those last like four months. Like sometimes I'd be in my office crying, literally, or like just kind of like, oh my God, wait, is this really happening? What am I doing? Mm -hmm. And at the time, like I I didn't appreciate all of those feelings because they weren't necessarily the best of it. It was fear. It was, uh, there was grief. I was leaving my friends. And, Mm -hmm. um, but I look back now and I'm so thankful I experienced them all because it helps me be a better coach and person and friend to help guide people through that transition. Yeah, absolutely. Because you've been there, you know what it's like, you know, the fear that you're going to have when you're coaching people to take that leap, you know, and how you have to dig down deep to really remember who you are and believe in yourself that you can do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And all the things that come along with that, you know, in allowing you to even do it, to even conceive of it in your mind that you could do it. Right. Yeah. And so I love because that actually kind of goes into your whole thought about story. So I want to hear all about like, you know, your book and how you tie that into stories and songs and um, so forth. But I think it keeps a lot of people stuck because mm-hmm. of the stories that they tell themselves and um, the beliefs. I had this conversation with a client yesterday 
And a lot of times we have stories that we developed or they're kind of in the back part of our brain since we've been little and we don't even know what they are yet. So I would love to hear your take all about your stories, how you kind of bring that to a front, like your book, everything. Like there's so much goodness. (laughs) I can't wait to hear. (laughs) So what you're saying about those stories is so true. It's like, you know, it's interesting work that I do because people don't call me and say, Carrie, I've got this awful story. I need you to help me with that's just not how it works, right? You've got all these symptoms of the bad story look like anxiety. They look like stress. They look like uh, procrastination, indecisiveness, right? Those are the symptoms of having bad stories. But like you said, we don't even half the time realize that we have them because we've picked them up, just like you said, so long ago, they're part of our subconscious now. We're not truly aware of them all the time until we become aware of them, right? And so- they got stuck in there like before we were even age seven, you know, all those limiting beliefs um, and they get stuck in there and we don't realize it. And when we're in that stressed out moment, when we're really in that back brain, so we're not paying attention with our prefrontal cortex, we're not really listening to what's going on because we're so busy with, you know, the barrage of chemicals of stress in our body that that's when they start to play quietly you know, you're no good at anything. You never finish anything. Why does this always happen to me? All those little awful insidious stories, you'll never amount to anything. You know, it could have been something that somebody said in passing when they were having a bad day yeah, and inadvertently passed it along to you. You picked it up as a kid because our brains are always in that alpha, beautiful state of being sponges and picking things up. And it just got stuck in there. And until you go in to clean it out, like until you go into your closet and you realize you've got all these tops that you never even wear and these things that don't even fit you or ripped or whatever, it's the same analogy. We got to yeah. get in there and feng shui that brain. We got to open the doors of those rooms that we never visit anymore when we were little because they're still there. We just shut the door on them, but they're still there and they're yeah. filled with crap. So when you open the door, stuff comes falling out. <laughs> yeah. I love the closet analogy. I literally used that yesterday when... I was talking to somebody and we talked about what's called, like, I like to refer to as like a thought download or just like Mm -hmm. a brain dump. Sure. And I was like, think of it as literally cleaning out your closet. Like you take all of the stuff out. So Mm -hmm. like on a brain dump, if you will, like you write just everything down that you're thinking and then Mm -hmm. you look at it without judgment and it's okay. What, what thoughts are serving me? Like what clothes are like, what clothes do I still feel good in? Like, what do I like? What's still bringing me pleasure and get rid of all of the stuff. And yeah, a lot of times with stories and limiting beliefs. So if somebody's listening and they don't really understand, you mentioned a bunch of what limiting beliefs are, but how do you help people uncover them that don't actually know that they have them and that they're holding them back? Absolutely. Well, one of the things, you know, I have five steps in my book that you mentioned the five simple steps to release your negative stories. And so each one of these steps is part of my story acronym. So S-T-O-R-Y with the five steps. So it's easy. People can remember it. We're talking about stories. They're going to remember the five steps of the story. So you go through these five steps, but one of the most, one of the first things and the most important things I think is to get yourself, I tell my clients to get a pretty little notebook. It's your story catcher notebook. And you're going to bring that notebook with you everywhere. It's a little story catcher. Oh my God, I love that. Because I do like a little story. Yes, a little story catcher notebook, (laughs) right? Because these are going to pop out when you least expect it. They're going to pop out. Yeah. And the ones that are hardest to grab are the ones when you're stressed. But once you start practicing this, like any other practice, it gets easier. So you start noticing yourself, ooh, 
well, I just said that story. I didn't even know I had that one. You write it down, right? And then you start capturing these stories. And the coolest thing is once you become aware of them, you're not going to want to tell them anymore. When you become aware of them, just like your brain dump and you see it on a piece of paper and you highlight the ones that are terrible and the ones you want to get rid of and the ones that are okay, or maybe the ones that need a little rewrite. You know, I call it the three R's of your story, reduce, reuse, recycle, just like recycling of -hmm. your story. And, um, and all that's in my book. And so, you know, they all serve a purpose and that's the thing, right? To, you need to practice self-compassion when you're doing this work. Cause once you start yes. unraveling that, you're going to go, Oh my God, why am I telling that story? You know, you're going to be like, yeah. sometimes you might be mad at yourself for telling a story that somebody said to you that is super disempowering to yourself. And yeah. it's okay because, you know, you got to look at those stories and decide what to do. You can thank them and send them on their merry way because all stories serve a very noble purpose. That's why we started telling it. It's, it's meeting a need of ours and it's okay if it's outdated and you can just kiss that one goodbye. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. And so with your five um, different stories, like you have five different meditations with each one of, um, for each one of them. Yes. For each one of the steps. Mm -hmm. Yes. So for somebody, I love meditation. Some people hear that word and they're like, Oh, hell no. Right. (laughs) I can't sit there and just quiet my brain for however long. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you find that helpful? And how did you tie that into each one of them? Well, each one of the steps, you know, there's a lot of activities too. So my book is interactive, right? So when you get to the end of a chapter or if you get to a song, which is just a three minute story that I wrote, you swipe a QR code. This was back in 2020. Nobody knew what a QR code was, right? Now everybody (laughs) knows what it is. So um, when you get to the end of the the chapters, there's all sorts of exercises. You've already been working on those stories. You've been sorting through them. Mm -hmm. So by the time you get to the meditation, it's really a way to infuse all the learning. It integrates everything together. And it's me guiding you on what to do with your thoughts and, you know, how to how to think about things and you're releasing things in some of those. Each one is different. Each one is built for that step in the book. So it really helps to infuse that learning and integrate it within your body because it's one thing to know it up here. It's Mm -hmm. another thing to bring it down into our body and make it part of our habit, make it part of our daily lives and our activities. Yeah. And so for somebody that's never done meditation and kind of just has this, because I know for me before I got into it, and I think I started doing meditation through the Calm app. So this was back in, I want to say maybe 2016, I just Mm -hmm. like kind of the free version. And this is when I started to notice the happiness level wasn't there anymore in where my life was going. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember being like, oh, meditation. Like, I don't, I have monkey brain. Like I can't (laughs) set this off and it was guided. So like you offer people guided, how did meditation work its way into your life and what benefits have you seen from it? Mm, well, that's a great question. Um, meditation has been really important to me and um, because it, I needed that when my kids were really young. When my kids were young, they were 16 months apart. There's a lot going on right now. I've already left my corporate job. I'm in the music business. I'm trying to write and create a business while well, I've got two small kids. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And so- there's a lot going on and we need to find a way for that self-care, especially as young moms. Um, and it's hard to find. In the beginning, I remember feeling so out of control, you know, and just like there's yeah. so much coming at you at once. It's hard to know exactly what to focus on. And your job is just to keep your kids safe and happy and get some <laughs> sleep if you can. Right? And feed people, feed them. And feed so them. <laughs> 
you know, so yeah. you get done with one meal, you're like, oh my God, it's time for the next meal. You know, it's like you're constantly on the go. So, you know, I started reading and I had a lot of things happen in my life that I wish didn't happen. I had some, you know, which I talk about in the book, which is really what sparked the writing of the book. It sparked the writing of my first album. And I've always been a lover of self-help. You know, I, I mentioned mm-hmm. that I, I read my first Wayne Dyer book at 11. So wow. yeah, I was, I would steal my dad's, my parents were in Amway years ago and my dad would have those little tapes, Zig Ziglar and all these inspirational, motivational um, teachers. And I don't know why I would take them and I listened to them. I loved it. I love that stuff. That's really <laughs> cool. I didn't realize 11. Yeah. Oh so I gosh. started, yeah, I started, I would leave my dad little notes, little sticky notes on his mirror all the time, inspirational or whatever. And, um, I'm sure I drove him crazy because he was smoking at the time and I didn't mm-hmm. like that. So I was trying to give him inspirational notes to quit smoking. My mom still tells that funny story now, but <laughs> so it's all these things together. You know, I started yeah. studying things at a really young age. So I'm like, you know what? I need to start meditating and that can look like anything. I say to my clients all the time, because just what you said is the reaction you get a lot yeah. or people say, oh, I'm no good at meditating. Oh, I just can't quiet my mind. Well, that's not even the point. The point yeah. is just being there you know, just mm-hmm. finding a way to be in the present moment. And if you're aware of your thoughts, you are in the present moment. If you're, yeah. if you know that you have a monkey mind, that means you are in the present moment. So you're already doing it. Yeah. And we already all know how to do this innately because every night when we go upstairs to bed and we lay in that bed, that moment, just before we fall off to sleep, just before we drift off, our mind goes into that nice alpha wave state. Mm-hmm. That's the exact same thing you're doing at meditation. So you already, your body just knows, you just got to let go and find something that works for you. There's so many different styles. So for me, it was a way to deal with all the chaos of being a new mom and then losing two of my family members within a short period of time from each other. So Mm -hmm. I had to find a place of calm. And so I was drawn to that through all the self-help work and all the studying and and that I did. And so I just started small, you know, I do a little meditation here, a little meditation there. Yeah. And for me, you know, music is very meditative. So I like to just, I could even just listen to instrumental music and find meditative um, places in there. So I always tell people to just find what works for them. There's so many options nowadays. Yeah. And, and like with the nice weather for some people, it could be gardening. It could yeah. be like going for a sure. walk. Absolutely Just meditative walk. Tune out your brain. And I, I tell people if you if you are one to go for a walk and you want to start meditating, make it a point to look at, you know, the trees. What sounds do you hear? What colors do you see? Like mm-hmm. what, what's happening around you? Because that mm-hmm. is meditative. Yes. What are you smelling? It's very mindful. It's a mindful, it's a mindful walk, right? It's a mindful way to get into that. Yeah. And it's, like I said, there's so many ways, even, I don't care if you sit down with a UCL, UCLA map. Um, there's like an app for like a five minute meditation. Mm. Five minutes is fine. Whatever you can yeah. do, create your own thing. You can even listen to the sounds outside, like you said, or listen to the air conditioner that has a rhythmic something. All you're trying to do is just get your mind to focus on something different. Cause as we know, changing our focus changes our mind. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so when people come to you for coaching, what do you find is kind of like their, I don't want to call it a problem, their challenge. Like what are they just, are they kind of stuck on like, what do I do next? And I'd love to hear about um, really like how you help like most people and who the best people to come to you. Sure. Be I feel like 
and I'm sure you probably agree. I think it's women, um, usually high achieving women, right. Who want, who know that they're like, we both felt there was something missing in my life. I don't know Mm -hmm. what it is. Maybe they've got work going. Okay. But their personal life's falling apart. So it's that feeling of stuckness. You can't get out of your own way. You stop making good decisions, procrastination, but it's this unsatisfied, it's this kind of emptiness that you think you have success in other areas, but you're not managing yourself very well. You're not able to manage your emotions. And it's that overwhelm, I think is a very popular feeling. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> right. And especially as you, you know, middle-aged women, and I think you start to get a little bit older, your kids start to grow, you know, life starts to shift and you have so many roles that you're managing. Sometimes it's really hard to navigate that road of where to spend your time. There's never enough time for you. We're giving so much to everybody else. How do I carve out some self-care? Yeah, that's a great idea, but where do I find it? How do I get that? Yeah. You know, so I think it's really helping women find their voice again. Cause I think we spend so much time giving away our power Yeah, that we no. need a champion to help us get that power back. It's still ours. We just need to take it back from where we gave it away. Yeah. And I think with the whole idea of self-care, because you hear it kind of thrown out a little bit like mm-hmm. here and there where a lot of women for a long time, I know myself included when someone's like, oh, you need a day of self-care that that meant like, oh, you have to go to the spa for, you know, a couple hours and do this or um, where it's like self-care can start really small Absolutely. and with overwhelm, like whether you're you have the young kids or, you know, they're older or now you're an empty nester. It can be scary because it's like, okay, wait, now what? Mm -hmm, Exactly. It's that void. It's that, oh my gosh, now all of a sudden you have to turn the attention back to yourself. For so many years, we've neglected ourselves, our needs, our wants as women. And we're always providing for everybody else. It's wait a second. I'm not even sure who I am anymore. Who am I? What do I like? You know, I have this exercise that I take people through, which is a, what do I love exercise? We forget what, what do you love? I don't know what I love. What do you love? Make a list of the things that you love. What brings you joy? What brings you passion? Mm -hmm. And so like going through the closet again, right? If that doesn't bring you joy, like Marie Kondo says, huck it, give it away, give it to somebody else for some joy, you know? So you're going through the things that you, your checklist. And a lot of times, um, it goes back to what they did innately as a child. That's a lot of times where we find our passion. Oh my God. I love that you say that. Cause I was talking to somebody the other day and she sent me a picture of her rollerblading and she's like, Oh my God. She's like, I haven't done this. And it was very awkward to get back into it. But since I was a kid and she's like, I forgot how much I loved it. Yes. Amen. Yes. That's yeah. the stuff we did as a kid. Like when I was a kid, I just naturally performed. I don't know why I did that. I get all the neighborhood kids. We'd put on a musical and mm-hmm. I would just, I was the organizer, right? Like I remember playing John Travolta one time. Cause I always had like the short hair and my friend had the pretty blonde hair. Like, you oh yeah. So like, okay. You be Sandy. I'll yes. be Danny. Oh my God. I loved playing out Greece <laughs> so many times, <laughs> but it's so true because yeah. it like, you kind of, for, you forget about, um, all of the, I should be doing this and I could be doing that. And to bring like laughter and fun and joy, um, back into like your life. And so like, I have to laugh because I, I remember when I was in fourth grade. So thinking about like putting on music things, mm-hmm. my friends and I, at the time, <laughs> we all dressed up as a version of Madonna oh and God. we invited over, I think some of the boys in our fourth grade class <laughs> and we sang 
different Madonna song. With all your bracelets on. <laughs> right? I'm like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. But it's things like that. Like I love singing too. Like mm-hmm. whether it's, I haven't done karaoke in I don't think a few years, but it's little things like that. Absolutely. That it's like, it's okay to kind of bring it back into your life. Like there's no age limit for singing and dancing and yeah. There is no age limit on that stuff. There's no age limit on joy. I mean, that's what we forget. We forget that we're supposed to have fun. Life is supposed to be fun, but somehow we cancel fun out of our schedule. You know, I tell my clients once they get, get that master list of things that make them feel joyful or things that they love, it needs to get in the schedule. Now, now you need to pick a time. You're going to do that. You're going to go out and do that. You're going to buy some new rollerblades. You're going to go hiking in the woods with a friend, whatever it is for you. You're going to put on your favorite song every morning before you get in the shower and have a dance party for one. Oh my God. I, there's a lot of dance parties in my life. There's a lot of dance parties in my office as well. You know, I've my 10-year-old son sometimes he's like, oh God. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you'll thank me someday for giving you all of this guidance. Right? It's so okay true. to just be you. Yeah. It's okay. I love that. Can we frame that? It's okay to just be you. Yeah. Like so through um quarantine and stuff, I remember like that was so scary for so many people mm-hmm. um, on so many different levels. And I remember thinking like, okay, I want to stay active. Like I still want to move my body. And I was like, how am I going to do this? And I found like, it was through the beach body app, but it was country line dancing. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and you know, it was a great workout, but it was fun. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You're kind of with other people because they're on the screen and you're, you know what I mean? Like you're kind of feeling a little bit of a connection, right? That's so fun. I love that. Like connection's huge. Wouldn't you think like, and I think a lot of people lost that for a little bit and are struggling to try to find that again. Yeah, it's true. And I think that's part of what goes on the list, right? What's your connection? What what do you love doing to connect? Maybe you love going bowling with a friend. Maybe you want to just sit around and have a knitting circle. I don't know, whatever it is that really jazzes you up. Yeah. That also brings that connection, you know, because a lot of times it's easier to do the connection if you're, uh, if you feel like you're out of practice somehow with an activity, right? So Mm -hmm. do an activity, go to one of those, you know, sip and paint things with your friends. Um, One night we did a jewelry making thing. One of my friends is super creative. And it was like wine and jewelry making. And I mm-hmm. made necklaces for both of my daughters. And I, I just li- like, who's going to have a necklace that their mom handmade for them? You know what I mean? And yeah. um, so just whatever sparks that creativity, because creativity is where our juice comes from, right? That's where all the juice comes from, whether I'm writing a song at my piano or I'm coloring in a coloring book with my daughter, you know, cause she's just relieving some stress and I'm right there yeah. next to her it's that juiciness that that will improve all the relationships in your life, especially the one with yourself. When you feel like you're stepping Mm -hmm. out of that comfort zone, you're doing something creative, you know? Yeah. It's really important to get back to creativity. And stepping out of your comfort zone is so good on so many different levels. Mm -hmm. Like really briefly, like I'll share, I just went to Italy with a group of women, um, most of which I knew just through zoom and Two of the ladies I knew pretty well. Um, one was actually like one of my good college friends, but I booked this trip last summer and we did like this whole cook well, like we just had fun cooking on Zoom like once a week and mm-hmm. all this amazing stuff. But I found that like as it was getting closer to the trip, 
my anxiety started really getting high because I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't traveled without my family in like three or four years. And we've all just been so close. We go everywhere together. And I remember being like, okay, I used to do this when I was younger. This is way out of my comfort zone. I said, but I knew in the back of my head, I was like, once you break through that comfort zone, really the sky is the limit. Like, Mm. and I remember getting to Italy and just stepping out into like the balcony where my room was. And I started to cry and, but happy tears. Yes. Cause I was like, oh my God, Michelle, you made it here. Like, I love I it. I wasn't sure this was going to happen. <laughs> that is know, awesome. People would be like, it's okay if you don't go. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, and I knew it was in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. Nobody was forcing me or dragging me on that plane. But it was, no, like I want to show myself that like coming out of these last couple of years, or even if like the last couple of years, you know, didn't have that type of effect on you, but it was knowing that like I can do things that don't necessarily feel comfortable leading up to it. But once you do it, then it's like, like there, there's so much possibility past that. It's amazing. And that's how you, I just did this big article for uh, authority magazine and it was about how, how to believe in yourself to take the leap. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things I talk about is those things that you say that you're going to do. And when you follow through on them, and you do it, the feeling is indescribable because that's how you build your belief. You just keep doing stuff. You take action. That's what builds belief. Totally. So like, like the tears and the proudness. So I love that you just mentioned that article. So like, what are some tips that you would give people that are kind of just like, okay, I'm like, yes, I can try to have more fun or like write down some of their joys. But what would you suggest to anybody that's listening that just feels like, I don't even know what where to start. Like for believing in themselves so they they can take the leap. Yeah. It's doing those tiny little things. Like I said, belief is believing in yourself, building that up has to do with action. Taking small actions, tiny little actions every single day because here's what happens, right? That accumulates over time. People don't think that that small little thing, but take one small step in the direction of what you want to go. You want to go to Italy in a year from now and take a cooking class or whatever winemaking class, then start thinking about that now, right? Take one little small, look it up, find out about it, talk to people about it. So each day you do one small thing. And the other thing I think that's really important is to keep your commitment. So if you tell yourself, okay, I'm really feeling crappy. I want to feel better. I'm going to try to meditate. I'm going to try to meditate every day. If you say you're going to do it, you have to do it because it's counteractive to build into your belief. And your mind is always listening, right? So if we say, it could be something small, like, okay, every day I'm going to come down here in my office and I'm going to stand here. I'm going to be at my desk by eight o'clock, ready to go, dressed, the whole thing, Mm -hmm. ready to go every day. Because you made that commitment to yourself. It's a small thing, right? But that starts to accumulate. And soon, a month from now, because you were in your office every day at eight, you're going to have so many things done. You're going to get so much done because you said you were going to do it. And when you look back on where you were a month ago, you're going to feel so good. You're going to be proud of yourself because you proved to yourself that you could do it. And you have to be careful because the mind is always listening. So if you tell it, you're going to meditate, you better meditate every day. Otherwise that starts to erode your self-belief. And I think that's what happens with a lot of people. They have these great ideas. It's like new year's resolution, right? You've got all these great ideas. Um, you know, but, and the, the gym is all busy on, on the day after new year's, (laughs) there's nobody there in February. (laughs) Yeah. No. And to that point, like I think about, I can't think of who the author is, but tiny little habits, atomic habits. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, and yeah. It's so important. Um, I actually, I gave a presentation on this. I think it was either the end of December or early January because of like the whole resolution thing, like not for nothing. Like it is true. A lot of people like don't hold them true. And mm-hmm. it's because we try too much too soon. Yeah. And if you can just try tiny little things and add them to like habit stack. So yeah. like, you know, like mm-hmm. if you, depending on do something that you already do. Yeah. Like for me, I kind of joked, I was like, you know, you go to the, um, the dentist and they're always like, you got to floss, you got to floss. And I, like, I joked and I was like, okay, I'm like, well, I brush my teeth already multiple times a day. I was like, so if I could add somehow and you have to make it easy mm-hmm. flossing to that, mm-hmm. like, and again, I I'm joking using like the, the flossing thing, but it's true. And it's just, like how small you can start something and then you mm-hmm. add it to something you're already doing. Like I kept those little like pick type things that had the little floss literally yeah. right next to my toothbrush. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't going to take any extra like time, maybe 30 seconds, but um, no extra energy. It was easy. And I think like you, to your point, like you start to build confidence in yourself and your ability to actually follow through what you're, you said you were going to do. So yes. it's like, you just start small because then the smaller you start, yep. the more confidence you get, the mm-hmm. bigger the steps you start to take. Exactly. It's like saying, okay, I, I want to start working out. Like you said, people, you know, bite off too much. Start with a, five, how about a 10 minute walk a day? You can do yeah. 10 minutes. You can find 10, you can find 10 minutes in your schedule. Yeah. Let's start with a 10 minute walk. Just get outside. And then if you feel like you want to go further, you can do that, you yeah. know, but when like, people go to the are end like, of the street, <laughs> exactly. Go to get the dog, walk up to the end of the street and walk back because pretty soon you're going to want to go up the hill and then you're going to want to go up the next hill. But when we bite off more than we can chew, you know, that becomes overwhelmed. Now we're overwhelmed. I'm going to work out an hour every day. I'm going to go to the gym every day. You know, that's impossible, you know? So yeah. let's set it. Let's set something that's realistic. Start small. And then you expand on that as you go. And that's the cool thing because it accumulates, like you said, habit stacking. Yeah. It's and right. it's, it's huge. Cause it, it is, it's all about kind of just building and you have to be realistic. Right. So I Absolutely. think another thing too, is people try to say like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. But either it's too difficult in the moment to do, or um, like I think I remember I joined this boot camp, which I was super excited about. It was like all women, it was great. It was 35 minutes away from my house. Oh. <laughs> like, and I was I was working uh 40 miles from my house. Like <laughs> it sounded right. great. I felt great. It was January and I was like, woohoo, but is that realistic? Right. So I think you have to make it like realistic too, Mm -hmm. where it's just kind of easy to adopt. Yeah. Amen. Realistic is very important. Yeah. And, but the cool thing about that is like, we're talking about stacking, whatever that small habit is that you want to make, maybe it's like I said, getting in the office earlier, you know, um, getting up 10 minutes earlier so you can do the walk. It starts to feel really good. It starts to accumulate much like stress. You know how stress accumulates. And if you don't do anything, then you're just going to explode. Yeah. It's the same thing. The good stuff has to accumulate as well. It's the same thing with mindset. It's that emotional stacking. You can stack the emotions. We talked about this with the Tony Robbins um, in the morning, right? The priming. I love that. What he's doing is he's stacking. He's emotional stacking all the positive things. Gratitude stacking, if you will. So you're stacking it all up so you can feel amazing. 
because it yeah. works the opposite way too. You start to accumulate meditation over time. Yeah. You create this massive wave inside of you, this positive space where you have the ability to choose how you want to respond instead of our knee jerk reactions, which comes so naturally to us. Yeah. So if you don't mind, do you want to share about the gratitude stacking? Cause I feel like nowadays people throw out so often like, Oh, just be grateful. Like you have to be grateful for this. And people just hear it and they say it too much, but like you and I know like the real like juice that being grateful for means. So do you want Sure. Absolutely. Yes. I have, well, I have a webinar that I do about this very thing because gratitude is a funny thing, right? Like if I tell like, cause we know how powerful it is as coaches, gratitude can literally rewire your brain. That's Mm. how powerful it is. So sometimes when I say to somebody, okay, I want you to start a gratitude practice, you know, they might roll their eyes or a little bit or, yeah, I've got the journal, you know, or like, yeah, I I am grateful. Well, of course, everybody thinks they're grateful. Of course, we're all grateful when good things happen. Yes, we're appreciative. We appreciate things. We're grateful when good things happen, but that's not practicing gratitude. Practicing gratitude is a practice, just like yoga. You got to take the mat out and you got to get on the floor and you got to hold the poses. Yeah, It's the same thing with gratitude. It has to be a practice. And I mean, even Oprah says, I, I talk about this in my book, Oprah says that the one biggest thing that changed her life the most was adopting a gratitude practice, which meant for her at the end of every day, when she's upstairs in her room and I have a book right by my nutstand, you write five things that you're grateful for that day. And they're going to be different. Each day brings different things for you to feel grateful for. It's always easy to find something. You can wake up in the morning and feel grateful for your beautiful sheets that are soft or the person laying next to you or the air conditioning. You can always find one thing to feel grateful for, right? But I think people get a little confused with it. I already know how to do that because they've read the article. And But if you really ask people, they're not really practicing gratitude. So it becomes part of your day because it needs to be a habit. We're talking about habit stacking. You need to stack that as a habit. And that Tony Robbins yeah. priming exercise, we could, you can just Google search yeah. Tony Robbins priming and it comes up is that very thing, you know, mm-hmm. and it's feeling grateful, but then it's taking it to the next step, which is what he does without telling you what he's doing is connecting with the emotion of it. Mm. And I talk about this in that article as well. Yeah. So yeah, I'm really grateful for that time. My daughter graduated from high school because, you know, she had all these things, whatever it is, but it's the feeling, wait, what did that, what did that feel like? You know, I use it as an example, the day that I first got my book in the mail. So like, I remember the gal that was helping me publish it said, said, she told me to take a video. I'm like, I don't know why I would take a video of me opening the package, but okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, my nieces and nephews were over, they were taking a video of me opening the package and the feeling I can still tie into it to this moment. It was this overwhelming feeling. So if you have a moment of something great that you already did, you're proving to yourself that you can do it again. So tie into the emotion of that. Imagine what did that feel like when I was unwrapping that? I'll never forget it. Holding this in my hand. It happens to be right here. I can't wait to read it. I'm so excited. (laughs) Holding it in my hand and being like, oh my God, I wrote a book. That's me. I I wrote that. And I did that. How did I do that? I don't know. There's 13 chapters. I don't even remember how I did that. It was so overwhelming at the time, but that's the kind of stuff you have to tie into. And I could bring tears to my eyes thinking about Mm -hmm. that moment now, because it was a monumental moment in my life. Cause it was something I always knew I wanted to do. I just wasn't sure when I was going to find the time or how I was going to do it, but I found a way to do it. 
you know, maybe yeah. you ran a marathon or you yeah. know, maybe you just overcame something huge in your life that you never thought you could overcome. Maybe for for somebody, it's going through a divorce that they always knew that they want. It can be anything that has moved you and you did it. Yeah. And what's really cool about that. And a lot of people don't realize is when you tap into those emotions, like for me, one of my go-to emotions um, is when I was laying on the operating table about to have my first child, which was my daughter, I didn't know boy or girl. Um, I was having a C-section and scared beyond belief. But when the doctor said to me, you're going to meet your baby in a couple of minutes, I like, I literally just got goosebumps. I can too. Yeah. (laughs) Like I remember just on the operating table, just tearing up being like, Oh my God. And when I am in a time of being stressed out or fear or something, I just close my eyes and I go back to that moment of how grateful I was Mm. when they were like, you're going to meet your baby in a couple of minutes. And (laughs) what's really cool about our brains is because we get the goosebumps or the tears or whatever emotions we feel when we actually stop and pause, our brains don't know that it's not happening at the moment. And that's Mm -hmm. why we have those physical reactions, which is really cool. And I, I do point out to people that's where the opposite can happen too, right? Like if we do get stuck in a fear loop or anxiety, Mm -hmm. we have the sweaty palms or our chest is beating and our stomachs are upset. It's because our brain, whatever we're telling our brain, the story that's kind of going through, our brain doesn't know that it's not happening. So our body's having that physical reaction, but the best part is, is you can have the opposite reaction practicing exactly gratitude or happiness. Exactly. And I think what I love about that is that I think a lot of people don't realize they have more control over that than they think. Right. So like, and I always, that's why when you read my bio, it said overcoming your biology and people are like, what do you mean? Mm. That's overcoming your biology, right? It's understanding the way the mind works and how we're all wired to look for the negative. So you're not, you know, I don't know about you, but people don't realize that they just think something was broken in there. They think something was wrong with their brain because they keep looking, something good can happen. And they are always finding what's wrong, right? Which yeah. is why my podcast is called Look for the Good. So it's all it's all that. It's understanding that our that's how our brains work. It's old software that was designed a long time ago. It did its job for centuries to keep us safe. Yes. But we're yeah. ready to overcome that now. We're, we're ready not running to from tigers. Right. <laughs> well, most of us, although I swear <laughs> if you put on the news, you're running from like a bear that's like now in like our normal town. Right. You just never know, right? I have a bobcat that runs through my yard sometimes, but he's not a threat. Right. Yeah. So but now the threat is different. The threat is some what someone said to you on social media. The yes. threat is you didn't meet your deadline or you're beating yourself up because you said something wrong to somebody the other day. That's the threat now, but it's still just as real because the mind doesn't know. It's not really going to hurt you. What's hurting you is your own thought and your own story about that. So that's why I love teaching clients about the brain and how it's easier than you think to rewire those innate programs that, that we all have. Yeah. And it really isn't. And that there's nothing wrong with you, right? There is nothing wrong with you. Cause I think, yes, we do, especially with the world of social media, it's the comparison. It's, Oh, there must be something wrong with me. Cause I'm not happy like this person all the time, which yeah, nobody but is. It's <laughs> and the, they're probably not either. It's just a picture. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, like that neuroplasticity, yeah. which just means like 
you can actually really rewire your brain. Yep. And it just takes a little bit of work and it takes an amazing coach like you who does like the mindset and the energy and all of this stuff. And you, my friend. Thank you. What article did you just? um... So this is an article, um, how to take, how to believe in yourself and take the leap. It's in authority magazine. It's going to be up on my website. Um, It's on my Facebook page. And so, yeah, it's just all these things that you can do to really juice up that belief in yourself so you can do those things. And it's, you know, it's never too late. I, I, I told you that the other day, it's never too late (laughs) to live your best story because we've got all these other stories that are running your life. And when you can stop and say, Hey, wait a second, do I want a story that I created in my mind to make sense of the world when I was seven to Mm -hmm. still run my life, to run my relationships, to run my money story, to run my health story, my body story, all these things. Oh my God, there's so many stories. <laughs> so many stories. It's crazy. No, it's crazy. it really is. I feel like we could literally go on for hours about different <laughs> stories because I think like often, and I'm sure you see it with like your clients, like people don't realize the stories until you yeah. maybe question them back and be like, well, is this really true? Mm-hmm. Or is this just a belief, which is just a thought you think over and over again. It's and so true. When you see somebody's face kind of like light up a little bit or question. It's like, Oh, wait a minute. Maybe this story isn't true. Exactly. Exactly. And I love group coaching. Like I love, I do a master class, and it's so powerful because I'm in there with all these incredible women and there's so much synergistic stuff that happens in a group situation like that, because people, you know, I create a safe environment so people feel safe to share these stories that they wouldn't ever tell anybody else. Right. Yeah those little tiny insidious ones that we say to ourselves, the mean ones. And so when people start opening up in a group, when now you've got the whole group going, that's not true. Like, you know, it's like everybody's understanding because everybody gets it because they're doing that too. And then you have other people to reflect their stories off of, because really my story is just a reflection of your story. We're all a reflection of each other. Yeah. And when you can get in a container of safe space like that, and share that you start to realize you are not the only one with those crazy little stories in our head that we made up. Yeah. You know, that's so huge. Like, I feel like with group coaching, um, you do, you kind of, you see that you're not alone and it allows you to be a little bit more open and vulnerable to be like, Oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. like I'm not the only person that's in my head thinking this one particular thing or this other thing. So that's huge. So you're on our, your group coaching. Is it online or is it in person? It's online. It's a masterclass. It's, I take people through in a very deep level of each one of the steps. So each one of the steps is its own week and we are diving in baby. We are, we are coming in with those stories. You have homework every week and you Mm -hmm. come back and you have an accountability partner, which is one of my favorite parts of it. So you make these connections with these other women. Like some of the gals are still friends from class, you know, because that is the beauty of a group like that. And it's small. I don't like them to be too big Yeah, because I want to keep that intimate sharing space. And you learn so much from everybody else's stories. Cause like you said, it's just illuminating. Like I'm not the only one with that kind of a story. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people will have similar themed stories that they've been telling themselves. It's yeah. just, a, it's a beautiful, it's transformational. It really is. I, I love this. I love this work. I really do. No, it, it really is so powerful. And that was kind of like the basis of my Italy trip was a group, a small group of women mm-hmm. that kind of had their own healing or transformation that they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And being in that safe environment 
just to feel like you could be yourself and share things was huge. That's really cool. Do you offer that only a certain number of time a year or does it kind of I do. I, I, um, and, and, you know, a lot of times based on need, you know, if people yeah. be like, you run in that class. Um, so I'll be running another one again. Um, yeah. So it's exciting. Some people like the summer, so I'm going to be running one again at the end of June. So go on my mm-hmm. website at carryrowan.com and find out the details. Um, but it is powerful. It's, it's one of my favorite things to do and it is zoom, but, uh, again, you get homework and you get to talk to real life people and it's live. It's not recorded. It's not an evergreen class. Yeah. It's me with live coaching every single week, which is, that's where the power lies. Right. Oh, totally. And yeah, just, the, I think we found like at first, so many people were kind of sick of the zoom type stuff. Mm. But now that you, there's so much more to it that you're able to do more, um, meet more people, experience more things through zoom. It's, yep. Yeah. It's so, me. I did Tony Robbins, UPW on zoom. Oh, I did too. What year? <laughs> I did too. We probably in the same. <laughs> we probably were. It was unbelievable. It was, um, it's funny. So I was on somebody's show the other day, a TV show, and we figured out we were in the same pivot. He did like a pivot workshop. We were in the same pivot class. Um, I want to say it was last year. Uh, my spiritual running mate, uh, one of my good friends, she's like, come on, you got to do it. I'm like, oh, I did the whole Tony. I mean, that's where I got my coaching certification from. Yeah. But it was different. We, man, we broke the wood and everything. Oh my online. God. Yes. You get the little kit at home and all that. Yeah. But I was so blown away by everybody. And and it was one of the first ones he did. And, you know, just the family members that were coming in and then all of a sudden they were dancing and they were being involved and they yeah. were doing the stuff. It was, it was so powerful. There was like, I don't know, how many different countries and the millions of people online at the same time, it was truly, you could feel the energy was palpable. Oh, 100%. 100%. I did. I must've been maybe 2021. I did that. I think maybe uh, mine was either 2021 and tw- or 2022. Or 20, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I, I think it was June. Maybe. It's all a blur yeah. those yeah. years. <laughs> couple of years. And then, his, um, Date with destiny. I followed up with that. You did date with death. Oh, I almost was going to do that. How was that? Was that incredible? It was. Yeah. I mean, it's six days of, it was a long time. Intense. But but being with those groups and having similar people that kind of are looking for that same type of connection and Mm -hmm. growth and transformation Mm -hmm. is just it's, um, it's priceless. Like it, it's just, yeah. yeah. And the so, only thing better would have been to done it, do it live in Bali with him. <laughs> yeah, I know my husband right? literally keeps saying, he's like, you need to go to Bali. I'm like, <laughs> I just managed Italy by myself. <laughs> like, you know, I'm going across literally across the, the world. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I'm going to have to do some serious, like mental work to get, myself. Right. but Yeah. <laughs> So I'm so happy. This hour just went by super fast. Wow. I feel like we could talk about so much, which means that I'm going to have to have you back because it's such a fun Mm. conversation. It's so much good stuff because especially these last few years, um, I feel like people just, they need great coaches like you, like mindset and like just little habits that you can shift. And I know it sounds silly, but a lot of the great coaches that I follow, like they don't watch the news. Maybe they watch the business news. Like I'll follow mm-hmm. stuff, investment kind of, like stuff. The, sure. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the finance part of me, but the local news, like I, I just can't anymore because yeah, me anytime I do it's, it's yeah. 
We can just tune into each other's shows and get a nice little lift up there. (laughs) Yes, I can continue to listen to your music. Oh, thank you. I I had my laptop open. I was listening to your music. I'm putting on my makeup. And I was like, this is how I start my mornings versus this car accident, this fire, this like. Yeah. Yeah. End of the world stuff. Yeah. And we don't even know how much of it is true. So I love that. The take a positive turn on getting ready in the morning. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. I'm glad I could get ready with you this morning. Thank you. So anybody that's listening, so they can go to your website. So yes. carryrowan.com, C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N.com. They can book a complimentary consultation. So I'm assuming that's Zoom and you talk and- Yes. Okay. Chat. Your book- Chat stories. There. You mm-hmm. can listen to her beautiful music. <laughs> like oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And you can get my free gift too. Five, um, five steps to tune up your life. Cause I do a lot of music stuff on my page as a musician. So I use a lot of play on words with that. So I help you tune up your life and, um, yeah, super fun. Come on over, visit, check yeah. out some old podcast episodes. Yours will be up soon. I'll let you know a date and everybody can tune into that. Cause you were amazing. Oh, thank you. And it's, um, Corporate corporations too, right? Because you do speeches yes, for absolutely. businesses too, which now I feel like people that have kind of like migrated back to the workforce that maybe they're a little bit hybrid, but they're also kind of, you know, a little mm. bit scattered. I like that would be, I feel like you'd be such an amazing speaker to go into a business and kind of just bring all of that energy and mindset back to, back to the workforce. Cause I feel like it, you know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's so much going on there with so many people leaving and it's a, it's a lot of anxiety in the workforce right now. So yes, that is one of my specialties. Um, so yeah, and we could, and people still are very, very open to zoom in the workforce. So whatever's easiest for people, you know? Yeah. And I did my first live talk, um, recently at the DCU center and it was packed. It was standing room only. So people do want to get out. It was standing room only. It was amazing. Yes. Some women's leadership conference. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Do you have any coming up? Um, I don't right on my schedule right now, but I will, I've got stuff in the works. Um, but I love the women's leadership conference because you can tell all the stories about, you know, yeah, being a woman in the, being woman in the workforce and all those cool stories. So thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, no, thank you so much for being here. And I look forward to having you on again. Yes, absolutely. And maybe you and I should plan a trip to Italy. That sounds like a lot of fun. That would be amazing. Or maybe Bali. <laughs> oh, let's go to Bali and see Bali. Tony Robbins. And go Bali see is. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Take Bye. care. Bye.